What's up, everybody, and welcome to the fourth episode of I Really Love This with Darby Shay. I have some bad news for you guys. It's just me again this week because life is pretty wild right now, and everyone is busy all the time, including myself. So I almost kind of quit the whole thing altogether, but I realized this morning that something I really love is the thing that's keeping me busy and it's what I'm learning right now. So um, today I'm going to be talking about something that I just started studying in school because I just added um, peace studies as a second major. I'm going to be talking about something called the Global Peace Index and I'm just going to be explaining um, what that is, the relation across the world that it has, that sentence didn't make much sense, but I'm trying to keep it brief because you're all busy, you all get bored, I wouldn't want to listen to some random girl talk for 45 minutes, and I know I said that last week and it was still 40 minutes, but we're really going to keep it short today. Um, so what I'm going to be presenting to you guys or, or telling you about isn't really something I love because a lot of it is really negative data that I'm sharing, but I'm loving that I'm learning about how people are approaching um, conflict in the world and restoring peace and, and, and changing things for the better. And, um, what, I mean, what I'm talking about, or what I'm learning about this new major called peace studies sounds very hippy dippy. Sounds like it's nothing. Um, which I at first was kind of scared that it was and that I was just doing it because I'm interested in it, which was, you know, the main reason I did, but I'm finding out now there's a lot more to it and it's a lot more, um, I don't know, politically based than I expected, and, and, I, and I like it a lot, and I have a lot more confidence in, in sticking with this, and just, I don't know, figuring out how, or when, or if we even can save the world, which I think we can. So, as I mentioned before, I'm going to be talking about something called the Global Peace Index, which is, it is a thing, an index, that measures the relative position of nations and regions' peacefulness. The GPI, short for Global Peace Index, ranks 160, 163 independent states and territories according to their levels of peacefulness. They created it to present trends and increase global violence so that we can devise more effective methods of combating the decline of peace around the world. So, you know, for years, since the beginning of history, actually, We've seen war, we've seen crime, we've seen bad things happen, but never has, until 2007, which is when the Global Peace Index began, or first came out, um, we never had it on paper what exactly was leading to such unrest and, and the lack of peace. Because peace wasn't really, I'm not gonna call it a science, but it, was, it wasn't a field of study specifically until about the 1960s due to the Vietnam War and that's a whole nother thing that I honestly want to talk about in later weeks but today I'm just going to tell you guys about the state of the world that we're in right now. So the Global Peace Index it came out this year's edition the 2018 edition came out in June so this is really up-to-date information and I just think it's really important that you guys hear where we're at as a world <laughs> as a nation and where we fall in in the line and everything. Um, also, I don't really know how to do a verbal citation, so I'm just going to read this out right now, 
you don't have to listen but so the citation is the institute for economics and peace global peace index 2018 measuring peace in a complex world sydney june 2018 all right so there are three global peace index domains the first is ongoing conflict the second is safety and security and the third is militarization so the domains are that's pretty much what they're gauging when they look at all this data in the world and and where they're getting the numbers and how they rank each country on their level of peacefulness. So the first results I'm going to share with you is um, kind of sad. So I guess you, I don't think you'll be surprised by this, but the average level of global peacefulness has declined for the fourth year in a row. We're down by 0.27% as a whole, um, which doesn't sound like a lot, but when you're thinking about it, any decline in peace or in injustice is not a good thing. Um, 92 countries on the list declined while only 72 improved. So what that means is throughout the year they, they rank each country by their level of peacefulness. Um, which actually, let me tell you what those are right now. The top three most peaceful countries, in your head, think of a guess. For at least one of them. Okay, the top three are Iceland, New Zealand, and Austria. Those are the three most peaceful countries in the world. Um, honestly, I don't know the logistics of how they got all these numbers, but if you think about it, it kind of makes sense. The bottom three are also, maybe unsurprisingly, South Sudan, Afghanistan, and Syria. This is clearly due to the conflict in the Middle East that has been growing for 17 years now. Um, it's interesting to note that the United States is number 121 out of 163. That is shockingly low to me. I mean, I know that there's a lot of shit going on. Sorry, explicit alert. I know there's a lot of stuff going on in America right now, and it really, really, really sucks. But based on, you know, the percentage of, of people... Republicans who think America is doing so great, you would think that the peace number would be up. I mean, I, I feel that we are not that peaceful, and so I think that makes sense, but I think you know what I mean. Um, and some more information. So since 2008, the average level of peacefulness has declined by 2.38%, which is huge. Um, again, if we're not increasing, it's really bad, no matter what the percentage is. The gap between the most peaceful and least peaceful countries continues to grow, which is is um, just like the wage gap. Like the top one percent continues to get richer, and the bottom ninety percent continues to get poorer, which is something else that I learned about. That just side note, everybody: the top one percent of America, they make more than the bottom ninety percent of America combined which is pretty unbelievable to me. Um, but also, that's something for another day. Um, so when, it, okay, I just said the gap between the most peaceful and least peaceful countries continues to grow. This means that there's no aid being given to those in need. And although the top 25 are improving, how good is it if we let that gap get bigger? I mean, if the number of, if peacefulness declines faster than it, in, than it increases, then I don't think that's any improvement at all. Um, so of the three domains I mentioned, ongoing conflict and safety and security, so people's 
perceptions of those and also the the actual conflicts that are going on and the safety that is insured, I guess, have declined while militarization has improved. Except in America. America continues to spend more money on its military, but I think you also knew that. Um, Another topic that they talk about is the economic impact of violence. The global economic impact of violence was $14.76 trillion in 2017, or 12.4% of the gross domestic product. That's a lot of money. Um, Yeah, that's it. That's a lot of money. Really, this podcast today is kind of just um, an information haul, or just like dump on all of you, because that sounded weird. I don't, I didn't mean, I did not mean it like that. I'm just trying to give you all this information to give you something to think about. Um, Just to think about the importance of improving the world that we're living in, and becoming proactive and progressive, and, and what, and just speaking about the things you want to change. Um, nearly 1% of the world's population um, are displaced for the first time in history, which means almost 1% of the world has been removed from their homes due to persecution, war, conflict, etc. It's never been that many people in history. Just kind of scary that that many people are being forced out of their homes. Not just they're scared, but they literally have to move because of it. And I mean, that has led to the increase of immigration and and... That also, as mentioned in the, the Global Peace Index, immigra- immigrants are being treated worse than ever. Um, their displacement has gone up a lot since 20, or 2008. Um, some of the more general things that I want to, okay, that I want to say is, so there's something that I learned. Um, there's a big difference between actual safety and perceived safety in a country. So the percentage of perceived safety is actually much lower than the real safety in countries. As I'm saying this, I realize it's not making a lot of sense probably. So what I'm trying to tell you is people, I'll talk about America. People in America in general feel that they are in more danger at all times than we actually are. Which kind of begs the question, why does that happen? Why do we feel unsafe in our own home? I mean, I think you can think of a reason or two, but I I wanted to point that out because, you know, statistically, things are safer in America than they ever have been, institutions and and whatever, but you turn on the TV, it doesn't look like that, which I'm telling you, I I believe that as well. Like, I I know that that's, that's what is reality and everything, but it's just interesting that how we feel is very different than what you know, quote-unquote, the the facts say. Um, so that was a lot of bad news about peace declining in the world. But there's some good news. Military expenditure has decreased globally by 3.7%, or 3.17%, which is great. Um, but as I mentioned before, America's is rapidly growing, going up because the person who's running our country loves to spend money on the military and you know what, I'm not informed enough to talk badly about that, or good. I'm not going to say anything good about it, but uh, moving on. So here's the problem. Breaking, or breaking down peace is really easy. 
So conflict is really easy. Deteriorating a society and, and how good it is and how it's running is really easy. But rebuilding it is not. So all of these countries that have such a low score and such a low ranking on the peace scale, it's so much harder to bring them up and to, to aid their societies than it is to take these people at the top, or yeah, to take, oh my gosh, I just lost my train of thought. Yeah, to take these people at the top and break them down. So it's a matter of finding a balance between upkeeping the peace in the countries that are doing well, but also giving aid to those who are at the bottom. Um, some of the reasons, okay, you might wonder, why has it declined? Why has peace gone down over the past 10 years? Some of the reasons are conflict has gone from interstate to intrastate. So originally, as you can, you can imagine, or as you can recall, because we all went to school, um, World War I and World War II are called world wars for a reason. They were between multiple countries. They were from different parts of the world. But now the majority of conflict has shifted from global to, inter to inside of each country or region or state. So civil wars have increased and there's a lot of conflict going on within borders, which makes it a lot harder for a country to be peaceful, which I mean, that makes sense because if you can't be peaceful inside your own country, how are you gonna have good relations with other people? How are you gonna worry about your relationships with other nations and other people around the world? Um, so that's kind of scary that there's so much going on within our own towns, villages, cities, countries, whatever, that we can't focus on, on interacting and finding peace amongst each other globally. Um, and then the other reason I have listed is the wars in the Middle East, as you can imagine. That's just, it's just really bad. <laughs> but um, so one of the main message that the GPI wants to get across is a message of positive peace. The people who created this, they believe in positive peace rather than negative, which I didn't know there was, there were two different kinds of peace. So positive peace is a more holistic vision of peace, meaning it focuses on, on not only the prevention of war, but the absence of tension altogether. Negative peace is only about keeping wars from happening. They don't care about how the people are. Um, but a country can not be at war, but its people can most definitely still be unpeaceful. There can still be po poverty everywhere and, and social issues can still be totally messed up and laws cannot be what they should be. But there are people who support negative peace who think as long as there's no war, they're good. They should be happy. But, you know, as humans, we know that's not the way it is. You can definitely have a multitude of issues more than just being at war. Um, the way to instill positive peace is through attitudes, institutions, and structure. All three of those, attitudes, institutions, and structure, they interact with each other. It's not like it, ha it has to happen in that order. One example of that is if we set up schools or institutions that teach peaceful principles, then the young people's attitudes will be different than ours, and, they, um, and that may foster more peace you know if we change the curriculum in these schools or if we just put schools where there aren't any or we improve those systems and give them opportunities at all just to begin with then things are going to change those young people clearly obviously are, are going to grow up 
understanding more than we did, having more opportunity than we did, and therefore fostering more peace. Um, and then, okay, I said a lot of this. Oh, so the ultimate goal for a society that is focusing on positive peace is to flourish, not just survive. That's flourishing is one word that my professor, Dr. Kevin Ahern, a really great person, um, keeps saying over and over again, flourishing. It's not just about the bare minimum in, in a peaceful society. What we want to achieve is thriving, prosperity, doing the best that we can, being very successful, being very happy, not just mediocre and not just getting by. Um, a lot of the study of positive peace focuses on the root cause of all this tension and, and how to keep it from happening again rather than just trying to put a bandage over an already inflicted wound over and over again. So if we just keep letting bad things happen and then try to you know, scramble to clean it up and, and fix the mess, then we're just going to keep having the same problems over and over again. As Thucydides said in the Greek, I think it was, it was a Greek text, you know, was it thousands of years ago? Do I sound really stupid right now? He said, I'm writing this. I'm recording this war because I don't want history to repeat itself. But that's exactly what we've let happen time and time and time again. So positive peace seeks to find the root and to stop it from happening again. Um, there are eight pillars of peace. I'm just going to read them. I'm not really going to talk about them because I'm going to end it soon. Um, but these are just things to think about. There are eight pillars of peace. One, a well-functioning government. Two, equitable distribution of resources. Three, the free flow of information. Four, good relations slash neighbors. Five, high levels of human capital or having skilled educated, skilled and educated people like in your country, which I didn't really understand when I first heard about that. But then what my teacher said was, so there are a lot of places. I just got a text. That's embarrassing. Sorry. Um, I record this on my phone. So, um, there are a lot of places where some get educated and they'll leave their country because there are better opportunities out there. What they seek to achieve is for a society to be so good that they don't feel the need to leave and that this nation would no longer be depleted of the education, the, the educated people or the skilled people, um, etc. Number six is acceptance of the rights of others. Common respect. That's easy. Um, number seven is low levels of corruption. Eight is sound business environment. Um, the bottom line is this, sim this isn't simply a message against war. I'm going to quote the text, that the Global Peace Index. Um, and it says, understanding what creates sustainable peace cannot be found in the study of violence alone. End quote. In order to prosper as a whole, be what's up, Kelsey? Sorry. We're taking a pause in the pod. Wait, I'm recording a podcast. So sorry for the commercial break. Um, sorry. In order to prosper as a whole, be that within our own country or globally, we have to think about the social issues which have led to a declining peace. Wait. What? Say hi, Kelsey. Hi. I'm talking about peace today. Love it. All right, I'm gonna finish and I'll be with you in one moment. Okay. Awesome. Kelsey's gonna listen to my podcast later. Sorry for the delay. Um, let me just restate that. In order to prosper as a whole, be that within our, our own country or globally, we have to think about the social issues which have led to the decline in peace. Um, 
I think the word peace has a, you know, a very hippy-dippy connotation, but really it's a serious and desirable goal for the future. I'm going to say another quote. Well-developed positive peace represents the capacity for a society to meet the needs of its citizens, reduce the number of grievances that arise, and resolve remaining disagreements without the use of violence. So what that quote is saying, that, you know, you know, it caters to the needs of people. It decreases the grievances that we have, and it resolves all the issues that we have, and it, and it takes out violence. You know what, there are some people who like violence, I don't even understand that, but I think it's more than just hippies who would want those things for themselves, their family, and their country. We all want to prosper. We all want a bright future. We all want to be happy and for our needs to be met. And I don't think once you sit down, you know, there a lot of people's political beliefs sometimes look like they don't care about human lives. When you sit down and think about it, I really believe that everybody has a, a respect for human life and for each other and that at the end of the day, in a perfect world, we would all want everyone to be happy. We wouldn't want to benefit more than somebody else knowing that they are suffering. Yes, that happens a lot. That happens today. I'm really angry about it. It breaks my heart. But if we were all given exactly what we wanted and if we were told to illustrate a perfect future, it would be that everyone would benefit and everyone would be happy. Um, I think I just got went off on a little tangent, but I mean, but I mean, I just wanted to share all that with you guys so that you could just think about what's going on in the world today and, and maybe you heard something that makes you kind of want to step up and, and do something or start researching something, start seeing why these things are happening or why these declines are happening um, or just think about the prospect of peace in general. I think it's a really good thing that we should have, that we could want for our world, you know. Let's make it a good world and let's not have so much violence and sadness. Not a good ending. I wish I could have thought of something better to say for the end, but I didn't. Um, hopefully I'll be back next week with a guest. You know, I guarantee I'll have a guest next week because I don't think anybody actually wants to listen to just me talk. Thank you so much for listening. Thanks for listening to previous episodes. Thanks for listening to 30 seconds of a previous episode. Thanks for just giving it a like, whatever you want. Um, I hope you, one, read a book or read something that you like this week. I hope you think about peace. I hope you think about something you can do to change the world. And I hope you say hi to somebody new this week. Have a great weekend, everybody. See you next time.